They start to turn the TV off. They get rid of all the screen, get rid of all screen time after 6.30 p.m. And they just start reading with their little boy who is struggling. They work on his spelling every night. They use flashcards, and the little boy starts to do better. Finally, he cracks that C. A couple weeks later, with no evening screen time, he gets a B. And then it happens, running home, bursts through the doors, running up to mom and dad and shouts, I got an A. I got an A on my spelling test. Second, I want you to picture a woman who all her life, she just wanted to be a mom. She grew up playing with dolls, dressing up her little babies, playing house with friends and siblings. From the first possible, possible day, she started helping out at church in the nursery. As a young girl, she took all the babysitting courses she could, sucked up every baby job, babysitting job that she can get her hands on. She just loved kids. Then one day, she meets the love of her life, and she knows instantly that this guy is the guy she's going to marry, and he knows it as well. They talk about having a family and raising kids, and after six whole months of dating, he pops the question. They get married, and they instantly start trying to have kids. At first, they called it practice, but month after month, nothing. And with each month that passes, disappointment sets in, and sadness becomes deeper and deeper and real, more real. Everyone is constantly asking this woman, who loved to babysit when she was a little girl, when are you going to have children? And with each time she's asked, she feels the weight of not being what she thought she always could be. She puts on this happy face and answers that question, oh, when the Lord blesses us. But on the inside, she's beat up every time she heard the question. Her husband keeps on telling her that it's going to happen. He buys pregnancy tests in bulk, but test after test, nothing. Then one day, she takes a pregnancy test and she finds out it's positive. She jumps on her husband's lap, who is sitting on the couch. She lays a big, passionate kiss on his lips. She looks him in the eyes and tells him, I am pregnant. The third story. There is this guy who works for the same company for years. He goes to work every single day at the plant that makes tires in his small town. He doesn't make, enough, he doesn't make a ton of money, but it's enough to take care of his wife and family. Then one day he goes to work and he has a letter in his box. The tire company is moving to another country, and they'll be closing the plant. Thousands of people in this small town who, who all worked the same place were going to be losing their jobs in a couple of months. All of a sudden, he's looking for a new job. He feels like, like, like he isn't qualified for any of these jobs, but because all he's been doing is making tires for years. And he's looking for other jobs, and he's interviewing, and he's interviewing, and he's interviewing, and he applies everywhere. Job interview after job interview, he doesn't get the job. The bills are stacking up. The mortgage payment is be being skipped and is behind. Fear is setting in. Then one day, the husband is coming home from a job interview. He has dress pants on that are kind of worn, a dress shirt, a tie, and a jacket. He pulls into the driveway. His wife is sitting on the front porch. He gets out of the truck and sees his wife, who is sitting there nervous for him, not wanting to be too excited because... If he didn't got, get the job, she didn't, wouldn't want him to see the disappointment. But then as he gets out of the truck, before he could speak any words, 
He cracks a smile and it says it all. I got the job. What's the difference between the stories? What's the difference from the, between the first set of the, the stories and the second set? Anyone? The struggle. The struggle. When, when, when hope's not there, when you think that the situation is bleak, that's when good news is the best. Good news is the best when hope has been lost. Good news is the best when, when the impossible becomes possible. Good news becomes the best when you're completely broken and you find out that you can be completely healed. We're going to see that in our text today. Through the work of Jesus Christ, through, through the, through the declaration that He is Lord because of what He does in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls. With that, let's, read, let's pray, and then we're going to read from our text today. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your word to us. Thank you so much that, that you love on us and you care for us and you chase us and, and, and you don't ever stop. You're so persistent. So Lord, may you have your way in us today. May your Holy Spirit have its way in this room. May it speak to us. May your Holy Spirit rule through the word that is near. May it speak to our hearts, minds, and souls. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart, that is. The message concerning faith that we, we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As Scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a promise. How then, can, how then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. If, you, if you're here today and, and, and you don't know, we've been going through the book of Romans. We, we're not going verse by verse but we've been going chapter by chapter. So we, we pick a, a, a portion of scripture from that chapter and, and, and we just kind of been preaching on it. And what we did is we started in Romans chapter one. And on the first day, what we talked about was we talked about um, three things. We kind of talked about um, who we are, which is anthropology, the study of man, who God is, the, the theology, study of God, and Christology, the study of who Christ is. And in that, we started to talk about how we're messed up, how we're sinners, and how we have a need for a Savior. And thankfully, theology tells us that, that our Christology, our Jesus, loves us so much that he came to this world to die for us who are sinners so that we might have peace with God the Father. And I'm telling you this because then, you know, you go six more weeks down the road and we get to Romans chapter 7. And in Romans chapter 7, we start talking about how Paul, the, the writer of so many of the New Testament books, he starts saying stuff like, man, 
I wish I did the things that, or I wish I stopped doing the things I don't want to do. I do the things I don't want to do, and the things I do want to do, I don't do, and it's not me who's actually doing it, but it's the sin that's inside of me. And, Saul, and Paul is talking about how in his heart, and his mind, and his soul, he has this, this sin-producing factory that's inside of him, and he's not able to control it, and not able to contain it, and, but he needs a Savior. And I'm telling you this because then we get to this Romans chapter 10, and it says, you know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you can be saved. And I'm sitting here saying, well, how is it possible for me to confess with my mouth and believe in my heart when if I'm going to be really honest, I'm a sinner. I'm a dirtbag. You see it sometimes if you hang out with me. I wish, I wish, you know what, it'd be cool. I mean this. I really, really, really mean this. You know, you have the Apple watches. You can text on it. I think you can call it. I don't have one. Look, this is my, I got like a piece of plastic there. Um, but it, it will play music for you. It will let you know when you, you have messages. It can take your heartbeat. It does all that stuff for you. And it also has a step counter on it, right? Yes, Matt has one. I'm not too techie. I'm actually using the iPad, say, because my computer wouldn't print the paper because I didn't have the internet. So I'm using this thing. So, um, but, you know, what I wish the Apple Watch could count is my daily sins. Like, how great would it be if it were to count up each time that I got angry, each time that I swore, each time that I was envious, each time that, 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 I gestured to the car next to me. Hello. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, I honestly wish we had that. Because if we had that, we'd be walking and they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa is me. Whoa is me. And I almost wish it had a little pop-up too, like when you got the text message and it tells you who's texting you, it'd be like, you got the little, it, it vibrates and it's like, ha <laughs> ha. You just envied your neighbor's car. <laughs> you just did this. You just said, oh my God, 15 times in two minutes while you're playing a video game with your best friend and you abused the name of God. Because we need those reminders that God's given us his law and that we've broken them and that we've broken them so much that our hearts don't even really realize that we're breaking them. It's just what we do. Is that true? Okay. And if we had that watch like that, and I don't actually want that, but if we had something like that, it would drive us. It would drive us to the cross. It would, it would actually help us to look at our neighbors with a different light because we would no longer be looking at them like, oh, they're a sinner. Instead, they'd be looking at ourselves like, I'm the sinner. And I'm telling you all this because I get to the point where it's like, man, how can I possibly get to the point where I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth when all I seems like I do is mess up and say the wrong thing? And then you get to verse 8 and it says this. Where'd my verse 8 go? It says this. When the word is near you, 
When the word is near you. See, we need to understand what the word does. The word can convict us. The word can, can, can rebuke us. The word can lead us. But you know what the word really does? The word gives life. The word gives life to us. And, and when we speak it and, and we're around it and it's spoken to us, then all of a sudden it has the ability to confront the darkness of our hearts, the layers of sin over our hearts and our minds and our souls to the point where we stop rejecting and stop pushing him away. To the point where we can actually declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. It's by the preaching and sharing of the word. You know, um, I was thinking about this today. I, I, I know I share my testimony with you guys sometimes, but I never heard of Jesus Christ before one person walked up to me and shared the gospel with me. Never. Never heard about it. I had a different message written on my heart and confessed out of my mouth. And it was a message that went like this. I thought the world was a bunch of fakes. The whole world was full of crooks, thieves, liars, murderers, um, you name it, and everybody was out for themselves, and I thought this world stunk to no end. That's what I saw, that's what I believed in my heart, and that's what I confessed with my mouth. You know, and then one day, one day, I'm walking home to my house, high as a kite, I walked through my neighbor's yard, and it's amazing how I can remember this considering where I was mentally. I walked through my neighbor's, I lived the corner house, my house. I walked through the neighbor's yard. His yard was beautiful. He owned a landscaping company. I don't know why he lived in my neighborhood. He didn't need to. And I was walking through his yard, and I remember grabbing this bush and breaking off a piece of, the, of the, uh, one of the limbs and going and just hanging out and sticking out. And then I just kept on walking into my house. I walk into my house, or as I walk into the yard, my sister and her friends pull up. And they say, we're going to this music festival. It's going to be awesome. Do you want to come? And I'm like, no. They're like, no, you don't understand. It's going to be so legit. It's going to be so amazing. And I'm like, adjective, 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 leave me alone. And I go inside the house. And I'm hungry, and I open the fridge, and as I'm, and as I'm walking up to our beat-up yellow fridge, I remember opening the door, and as I open the door, my mom says, Brandon! And it was like nails on a chalkboard. And I just remember going, man, I haven't even done anything wrong. I haven't been home. And instead of going to find out what my mom wanted, I walked to the backyard, out the back door, and I said, hey, can I still go with you guys? <laughs> After I cursed them out, and they're like, yeah, you can come with us. Christians, man, they're so forgiving. And, and so I went with them. I still remember why I could go, because last minute this girl named Amanda couldn't go. I got her ticket for free. I couldn't have ever afforded to go. You know, I got her ticket for free. I go with 
And I'm just like, I'm not, and we left the next morning, I'm not hanging out with any of these crazy people. That's my plan. Because I'm a smart person. I figured I'm going to sit next to the fire on a 90 degree day and make like food. So I did that. So they all go off to their music festivals. They're all doing their thing. And I'm sitting there. And one of my arch enemies walks up to me. I didn't know he was my arch enemy, but he had a Cardinals hat on. <laughs> which is basically that, you know. And the guy walks up to me. And he says to me, hey, can, 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 can we talk for a little bit? And I really wanted to say no. And then I thought, well, I thought, well, man, maybe he got stuck here too. So I said, sure, sit down, let's talk. We start talking about baseball and all this stuff. And then he says to me, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? What? If you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? Well, there's two options. One's hell. So I'm going to heaven. I said, heaven? He's like, why? I said, I'm a good person. He said, your best is a dirty rag to God. And in that moment, I thought, I'm going to kick him in the face. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Like, he was sitting on a rock. I was sitting in a chair. And I thought, just kick him in the face. But the thing is, I knew I was a bad person. Like, I knew the things that I had been doing. Everything that he said I didn't want to hear, but I knew was true. I was a bad person. And I just looked at him and said, what makes you so great? And he looks at me and he says, nothing. It's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. And that was the first time I've ever heard the word Jesus Christ. And I sat there and he told me how Jesus Christ stepped into this world to pay for the sins of mankind. Because God the Father loves us and he's holy. And, and, and he's explaining these, these words to me. He didn't use sins and holy. He kind of went through and said perfect. And he dumbed it down for me. And, and he told me that, that I had a father in heaven who loved me so much that he sent his son to die for all of my mistakes so that I can have peace with God the Father. And as he's talking, I remember saying these words, I want that. I want that. I want that. And he's unfolding the story to me. And it made so much sense. Because everything that I knew about the world was wrong. And he's telling me how this guy, Jesus, this man, this God, came into this world to forgive it. How then can they call on the one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can someone preach to them unless they are sent, as it, is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? We think we need to do all these things to get people to like us. Preach the gospel. Preach it. Tell them about the free gift of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for them. The best thing that guy could have ever said to me was nothing. It's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. Man, if he would have gave me any defense, if he would have gave me anything about what he has done, But he said, nope, it's not about you, it's about Jesus. 
Do you believe that? Are you working hard to please him? Or are you trusting in the promises of God's word? Let's be people. Let's be a people group who live with their eyes open to people, but their eyes closed to the person's situation. I don't care what car they drive, what house they live in, if they're annoying, what drugs they take, what's their beer preference, whether they don't, don't drink beer. I don't care if their kids are pain in the butts. I don't care. Bring them Jesus. If we tell people about Jesus, we will change DeWitt, Donahue, Charlotte, <laughs> Shalott, I don't want to offend anybody, Parkview, Eldridge, it will go forth. This is the message that the disciples gave. This is the message. This is what we focus on. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Be a people who brings good news, not because we have to, but because we get to in the name of Jesus Christ who forgives us of all of our sins. We're all the same. We're all sinners. And we all have a Jesus who died for us. Amen? Dear Lord Jesus, we give you so much thanks. Thank you for daily reminding us of your love and your grace and your compassion for us. Lord, I don't always feel it in the sense of like, why would you want to love me? But then I remember of all you gave up for me, showing me the love you have for us. And in that, Lord, may we share that, may we believe that, may we live it out for your world. In your name we pray. Amen.